0: AMU. The following podcast is brought to you by American Military University on behalf of In Public Safety. I'm your host, Leishan Stelter, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about the importance of implementing an incident command structure, which is also known as ICS within emergency medical services. So while ICS is a system that many of you who either work in fire or law enforcement are probably pretty familiar with, it's actually a model that's not always been embraced by EMS agencies, which can often lead to chaos and uncertainty during an emergency situation. So my guest today has worked very closely using this model and understands both the value and benefits of embracing ICS. Today, I'm joined by AMU alum, Brad Davison. Brad is currently a firefighter and paramedic at the Maplewood Fire Department in Minnesota. And in 2017, he completed his master's degree in public administration with a concentration in emergency management from American Military University. Hi, Brad, and welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be able to uh, be featured here on Public Safety Matters and be able to kind of talk about something that's very important in our field.
0: Yes, it's so great to have you. So let's start off our conversation by giving our listeners a sense of the challenges that EMS and fire departments have when there's not an incident command structure model in place. So I was hoping that you could start by kind of painting us a picture of what an emergency response scene looks like, especially when there's responders from different departments and there's not really an ICS model being used.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think all of us in public safety have been on those calls where it just seems like everything seems to be chaotic and going wrong. And and we can tell that our typical response, the quality of response that we're giving is not up to the standard that it could otherwise be because of that chaos, because of the uncertainty that's coming from that chaos. And so I think the general public also, they assume when they call 911 and we show up, we have a very professional appearance, which is something that we work very hard to do. But there's definitely those calls that they may or may not see that on the inside, we're just as nervous as they are, because we are not exactly sure who's in charge and what's going on and what's supposed to be the next process, because we're either working on a different territory or people have responded that we're not familiar with or whatever the case might be. So basically, incident command structure or ICS is designed to bring some calm to that chaos, to bring some structure to what would otherwise be a very chaotic situation. It's supposed to help the responders be able to bring organization to a situation that would be otherwise very chaotic and very unorganized. That can be very difficult when there's not a clear understanding of who's in charge and who is supposed to be leading the response and the services provided by that public safety agency, whether it's on the fire ground, in the back of an ambulance, or on a criminal scene. Any public safety realm benefits when there's a clear understanding of who's in charge, who's giving the orders. And and then the others who are kind of the boots on the ground are able to just follow those orders and are able to focus on the services that they're giving versus trying to think ahead of the 10,000 foot view. They're able to just focus on the tasks that are in front of them.
0: Thank you, Brad. We'll be back right after this.
1: To handle massive damage from natural and man-made disasters, today's first responders need specialized training. Get started down your next training path in emergency and disaster management with a degree from American Military University. You'll learn from highly experienced practitioners in the field. Take the next step and apply today at amuonline.com.
0: Welcome back. Can we get into some specifics in terms of type of model that your agency specifically uses. I know there's a couple different ICS models out there and I'm curious to know what specific model worked well for your agency. And then we can talk a little bit more about training and things like that later, but why did you guys choose that model and how did it fit the needs of your department?
1: Sure. So that's a great question. The ICS or instant command structure started in the 60s and 70s with wildland fire departments that were responding to a scene that involved thousands of responders. And they needed a way of being able to give direction and jobs to those responders and be able to account for them in a very organized manner. And so out of that structure was built. um, And in the early 21st century, the federal government saw the benefit of having that organization, and they took the lead on implementing that nationwide. And so the fire service has been implementing this instant command structure for decades, and we're very, very good at it in the fire realm. And I know other public agencies, other public services, they haven't quite had the experience in the implementation of that instant command system. And so while the fire service does it very well because they have done it for decades, EMS and law enforcement have not had the historical background with it and have not, largely have not implemented it into their services. And so in Maplewood, Chief Mondor, Chief Mike Mondor, noticed that on the fire ground, his firefighters and paramedics were extremely good at implementing instant command and being able to utilize that to have organization and to provide the best service that they possibly could from utilizing that. But he noticed that once the calls left the fire ground and went to the EMS realm in the back of the ambulance, he noticed that there was oftentimes a lot more chaos on critically ill patients, critically injured patients, that same instant command system was not being utilized on the EMS side of things. And so he started to look into how he could implement a system that could more from the fire service into the EMS world. And since Maplewood, Minnesota, is a combined agency that provides fire and EMS, it made a great testing ground to find a system that could be used from the firefighters on a fire scene and then immediately applied on the next call that they went on in an an emergency medical situation. So he looked at uh, various different ICS systems, blue card out of Phoenix, and the ICS structure designed by the federal government through NIMS. And he kind of combined various different ICS structures into something that would work specifically for Maplewood, something that could be applied broadly into various different services, but one that applied best directly to the Maplewood Fire Department. And so he created what has been known as our agency as the paramedic or the provider in command, so the PIC model. And basically, it's just taking the ICS structure and morphing it just slightly so that it works for the EMS scene. It's very, very similar to ICS and other forms of instant command, but it's tailored directly for EMS. And it has the same effect of bringing that organization and bringing that structure to a call so that the responders, they know who is in command, they know who is in charge, and they can focus on the task in front of them instead of trying to see everyone and see all the tasks that everyone else is doing. They can focus just on their specific task. And he found that that increased the performance of the responders significantly, that they didn't have to worry about who was in charge. They didn't have to get that 10,000-foot view and think about what was coming down the line. They were able to just focus on their task and allow the instant commander to think about all the other things that were going on. And so Maplewood adopted the PIC model several years ago, and they have been working very diligently, very intentionally to apply that PIC model. And every call that they go to, specifically those high stress, low frequency calls when responders typically get that adrenaline rush and they get those calls that it's difficult to focus on the task at hand because there's so many other factors going on. There's so many other things going on. And so they're able to apply that PIC model and, and have that structure in that organization.
0: So with the PIC model, can you just tell us a little bit about the primary and the first things that happen. So it's my understanding that establishing a command would be a really important element to the ICS model. Can you talk a little bit about upon arrival on scene how the incident commander is selected and then tasks are divvied out? Can you give us a little made-up scenario about how that might work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the first arriving ambulance or first arriving responders on scene immediately set up the command system, which is basically just agreeing on and letting dispatch know that there is a command system that's being implemented and the responders knowing who has been designed as that incident commander. So there's the terminology out there that there's a working command, which is basically there's two people on an ambulance Typically, it's the person in the officer seat or the passenger seat is going to be the person that provides patient care, that rides in the back with the patient, and they're the ones that usually are going to be as the instant commander. So you arrive on scene, you have two people, your driver and your provider in the passenger seat. You get out, you respond to the patient. And that person, it could be either of the two, but one of them will take that command role, and basically they will start in on that working command, so they're providing care they're doing skills they're assessing the patient they're doing all the normal things that they would as an EMS professional, but they're also tasked with being that commander, that instant command so as later arriving units arrive that second, a third, fourth ambulance arrive on scene. They're able to step back and then start giving directions. And eventually, as enough responders show up on scene, they're kind of relieved of being the patient care provider, and they step back and solely focus on being the provider in charge. So originally, they arrive on scene, they start taking care of the patient, assessing them, providing skills, all those different things. As people start arriving, they start delegating the tasks that they were doing, and they step back, and they... Uh, chief bondor would say is they have that 10,000 foot view. So they stand back and they look at the whole scene in general. They're not focused on that IV or they're not focused on what medication is being given at this certain time. They're stepping back and seeing the whole picture of what's going on and are delegating the tasks to the responders that are showing up. And so as those responders show up, they get delegated different tasks that they will perform And that incident commander will, to the best of their ability, locate themselves near the patient's feet. Chief Manderer found that positioning themselves by the patient's feet eliminated a lot of the distractions that providers often get themselves into. It gets them far enough away from the monitor screen that they're not able to see that. It gets them far enough away from the airway. Basically, those situations, those skills that EMS providers get sucked into very easily because the skills that take a lot of hands are just easy to get your attention sucked into. So we found that positioning themselves by the feet allowed them to give themselves enough room away from those distractions that they were able to just focus on their providers, what skills they were doing, what skills still needed to be done, and being able to just get that 10,000 foot view without being sucked into those different distractions. And so basically, it just runs that way. The provider stands at the patient's feet, they delegate the task, they give the command to the various providers. And as chief officers arrive, the provider has the ability to hand off command if they choose. But Maplewood is very good about leaving the original IC in command, not passing that off. So as Chief Mondo or various other chiefs arrive from Maplewood, they step into kind of an advisor role to the instant commander, which is a little bit different than fire scenes. A lot of times on a fire scene, your original working command, they will hand off command as the chief officer arrives. But with the pick model, that original instant commander is kind of empowered to keep that command unless they feel like they're not doing an adequate job or they feel like a different provider would be better suited but the Maplewood has really focused strongly on keeping that provider in the command role, giving them the ability to build the skills as that commander and to be able to practice that command presence. And so as chief officers arrive, they'll kind of fall in line as just any other responder. They might be tasked with different skills, starting an IV or intubating or, or whatever it might be, or they might come alongside the commander and just be that advisor, but to the best of their ability, they don't try to take command from that provider. From the different command systems that I have seen, that's something that's pretty unique to the PIC model.
0: Well, and that makes a lot of sense too, because in a medical emergency, the incident commander who's been established has seen from beginning where that patient started. They know a lot of information about what's already been administered. And unlike a fireground scene, there's probably a lot of details within a medical situation that it's kind of best just to keep the same person on that situation for as long as possible instead of trying to inform the new person exactly what's gone into their treatment up to that point. And it also, it sounds like it really empowers all, whether paramedics or EMTs, to take on that leadership role, like you said, which is something that's important within an agency on a different level. So I wanted to talk to you also about training. I know that's something a lot of other agencies are always interested in knowing more about. I know you stepped into this not exactly when it was initiated, but could you talk a little bit about the agency's strategy when it comes to uh, training on this model? Did it start as a classroom initiative and then move out in the field? Or how has the agency approached teaching and training this model?
1: I think anybody that has been in the public safety environment for more than a few weeks has realized that change is not something that is easily accepted and not always welcomed. The fire service has been historically pretty traditional, which is great in many aspects. It also provides some different challenges. And EMS and law enforcement are the same way. Changes provide the administration with a lot of pushback often. And so when the PIC model was designed, Chief Mondor realized that implementing this change would likely come with some pushback. And he realized that and predicted that and kind of designed his implementation around that. So it started with the classroom. This is how the PIC model works. This is the steps of the process of you start in a working command and eventually you hand off the task and you position yourself by the feet. And it kind of started off at that brain level. Of this is the the information. And I think a lot of systems or a lot of changes fail because that's where it ends. Is that The crews, the department gets instructed at the brain level. About This is how it's going to run. This is how it's going to work. And then they don't follow through and in, in making sure that it is actually implemented on the calls. And Chief Bondor realized that and he followed through with making sure that it went beyond just the brain level that once it was instructed to all the providers in the department that he made sure that it was actually going to be implemented on the streets. And so he was very diligent about making sure that people were trained, that they felt comfortable with it, that any questions or concerns that they had, that they could voice those openly, that the model could be tweaked if there was an oversight or something wasn't designed to best suit the department. And then once it was understood, people had the training and understood how it was supposed to work, then uh, Chief Bondor went out and made sure that it was being implemented. And when it was being implemented, that it wasn't just started and stopped because it was a chaotic situation and, and implementing that new pick model just added another stress and another thing to think about. So he would respond on a lot of these critical calls and make sure that he could be an aid for that instant commander that as they were stepping into that PIC model, that he could help them And answer questions that they had as that situation, that call was going on. So he responded to a lot of those critical calls just so that he could be an aid for those people learning how to be the paramedic or the provider in command. And eventually, after doing that for so long, then people just got used to it. They got used to showing up on a cardiac arrest or a bad trauma, and they were used to just showing up, and there was somebody that was in command. And they were able to to show up and be given instructions on what was expected and what was needed from them. And so eventually that PIC model became accepted in the department after members saw that it was beneficial, that it was not just another burden or a, another thing that they had to think about. They saw the benefit of having that IC in an EMS role. And so once they had that buy-in, then it was easy to have the providers implement that on their calls. And just like a fire scene, you you have an incident commander is begun on every fire scene. Maplewood has that same mentality that there should be a pick on every EMS call, regardless of how low severity it is to the highest, most critical patient, that there is a pick on every call. And from that repeated implementation that providers just get used to implementing that So that when there is that critical call that starts to stress those providers already, it's in the back of their mind that I'm the pick. So I need to do these things. Once people show up, then I do these things and they're able to distance themselves and be able to get that 10,000 foot view. And so people started catching on to it. They started having buy into it. And now when we arrive on scene, one of the first questions when that second or that third ambulance arrives is, who's the pick? Just last week, we had a very critical patient with an overdose. And the second arriving ambulance that arrived on scene, the first question they asked as they walked in the door is, who's pick? Because they were looking to see who was that IC so that they could get information on, on what was expected of them and what tasks they were needing to be done.
0: And just from what you've heard from other EMTs and paramedics, I'm curious, you mentioned that there was some resistance, like you said, in any kind of change, there's going to be some resistance there. But now that it's been more or less accepted and understood and applied, what have you heard in terms of the benefits from specific providers? Do they feel a sense of, I don't know if security is the right word, but just knowing they can come to a scene, then their role will be pretty clear. Like, does that make them as medical professionals and providers feel more confident in the work that they're doing? Or what other feedback have you heard from individuals?
1: Yes, it brings a lot of comfort to the provider knowing that there is someone in that instant command position. As someone that has arrived on numerous critical calls, when you arrive on scene and there is not that instant command system set up, you can feel the chaos. You can arrive on scene and you can see it in people's eyes. You can hear it in the tone of their voice. You can just immediately. It's something that's kind of subconscious. You might not even be able to put words to it. But you can just feel that chaos, and that definitely hinders the services that are provided, whether fire, EMS, or law enforcement. You're not on top of your game when you have that stress in the back of your mind. And so when you arrive on scene and you have a clear IC that has a great command presence and they are in control, they're calm, they know what's going on, that pours out to the other providers. They pick up on that calm. They pick up on that control. They feel that from the instant command and they pick that up and then they themselves are comforted. They're able to focus on their tasks. They feel much more confident in their skills, their ability to focus on what they're doing and the service that they provide is much better. And Chief and Mondor has been tracking the metrics on that from the pick model being implemented, various different metrics on just to be able to give numbers on how that model has improved performance. And I don't have those numbers in front of me, but there was objective measures that show that having that incident commander improved EMS performance. And I think any of us in the field that have been doing this and have responded to scenes with and without a clear command system or a clear command presence, you can quickly and obviously tell the difference and so having that PIC model in place and having that strong instant commander just improves patient care in various different fashions.
0: It sounds like it's been remarkably helpful for both your agency and I'm sure your patients as well. And I'm curious just to kind of wrap up here, but has your agency conducted any joint training sessions with either law enforcement or obviously within your agency, it's both fire and EMS, but have you brought in any other jurisdictions who might be responding to similar scenes to inform them what your procedure is or how your folks are expected to handle a situation?
1: Yeah, so we do a lot of training with our neighbors. Thankfully, in the area that we're in, we have a lot of close neighbors and are able to do a lot of training with them. And so we have done a lot of training on various different topics. And with our police department, we have trained all of them to be first responders and to kind of understand the EMS world and and how they can fit into it and how they can assist with those EMS patients. And so we do try and help our neighbors understand how we operate and help them if they are wanting to adopt some of those same principles in their department, helping them to be able to implement the different operations that we have in Maplewood as well.
0: It's always great to share information. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. It sounds like you guys have really gotten this figured out and uh, embraced it within your departments. I guess my only last question is really, is there anything else about this model or recommendations that you might have for other agencies who are looking into implementing a similar model? Anything that would have been beneficial for your department to know before you started? Any lessons learned?
1: Yeah, I think my only recommendation would just be that If your agency does not have an incident command system, whether it's EMS or law enforcement, that that would be something that you strongly look into and look into adopting. As somebody that has worked in agencies that does and did not have an incident command system, I can't stress enough how beneficial it is not only for your providers and keeping their stress levels low when we talk about the mental health issues that plague public safety and being able to assist your providers by reducing their stress levels, but also by serving your community and by serving your citizens better, by increasing the the services provided to them by having that instant command system. So I would just recommend that if your department does not have that instant command system, I would just encourage you to look into it, to reach out. There's several models out there across the nation, whether it's the PIC model or there's several other models in different agencies across the country, but find one that works for your department and put in the effort that it takes to implement that. It likely will come back with some pushback that change is not always accepted easily, but it's worth it. It's worth the energy. It's worth the time and the headache that comes with implementing that. It's well worth it in the long run. And if your department has an incident command system, but it's not implemented very often and wish-washy or doesn't really get utilized to its fullest potential, I would just encourage you as well to look into a system, look into your own system and see how you can improve its implementation, its use by your providers. And like I said, it's only for their benefit. It reduces their stress, it improves their performance. So I would just encourage you to look into your system and put in the effort and the stress that it takes to strengthening that system and having that leadership to strengthen that system and make sure that it is utilized how it could be and and how it could best be implemented.
0: Yeah, I think it sounds like one of those win-win-win situations where it's good for the provider, good for the agency, good for the patient. So this has been a very informative discussion. I want to thank you, Brad, for joining me today. I really enjoyed listening to everything that you've learned and experienced about this model.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am Very honored to be able to talk about this with you here on In Public Safety. So thank you for taking the time and I appreciate being able to be here.
0: Yes. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us as well. We'll be including links to resources and some other materials that can help agencies get started and learn more about an ICS. We'll also post a really great article that Brad wrote about this model so you can learn more about it. And thank you again for listening to this episode of In Public Safety Matters. I'm Leishan Stelter. Be well and stay safe. For the latest public safety news, visit InPublicSafety.com and sign up for our daily newsletter. Thank you for listening. AMU, American Military University.